Welcome to Jack Dapper Blues African American Folklorists Part 2. The first broadcast of the African American Folklorists is a series about Charlotte Fortin Grimke and her family. Be sure to check that out. There's new episodes that will be available soon. However, on this episode, I share the story of an African-American traditional music fiddler and buffalo soldier. He was recorded in 1935 at the age of 93 for the Library of Congress. Today, we'll be speaking about Elijah Cox. Folklore is the traditional beliefs, legends, customs, etc. of the people. The function of the folklorist and the ethnomusicologist is to study the traditional artifacts of the people, study the music of the people in a particular cultural context, then, which to me is most important, transmit these findings. On this episode, I will make the case that Elijah Cox is not only an old-time professional musician, a buffalo soldier, or just a slave narrative interviewee who was interviewed for the Born in Slavery WPA series, but that the contributions of Elijah to the story of the black experience also makes him a folklorist, an ethnomusicologist, a holder of the scroll who in fact transmitted our ancestral cultural music to the generations that followed. 547B1 and 2. You started to tell me about this band that uh, Jefferson Davis organized for his slaves. Yes, he organized that band for the Negroes. And Davis has been on the plantation. And uh, he hired a man in Vicksburg named Charles Morgan. 
So you just received, or should I say heard, an example of a couple of things that folklorists and ethnomusicologists, as well as ethnographers, have to do as they prepare for an interview. They give you the reel, tape, that number, after they set up the recording apparatus, depending on what they use, then they begin the questioning. Now, that was an excerpt from John Wesley Work III asking questions to a band member in Mississippi. Uh, Alan Lomax, Library of Congress, and uh, quite a few others were part of that. John Wesley Work is usually listed as a transcriber, but for the most part, he conducted a lot of those interviews. I go into this to share with you one of the tools for the folklorist is field recording. Now, field recording is a term used for an audio recording produced outside of a recording studio. And the term applies to the recordings of both natural and human-produced sounds. Specific to this broadcast, the recording of vernaculars, traditions, folklore, and the documenting of a particular group of people and their culture. Ironically, the folklorist who found and recorded Elijah Cox may not have realized that they were actually speaking to and recording an African-American folklorist. At one time, Elijah being considered an obscure musician was almost a figure of one's imagination. Not many knew of him. Besides the enthusiasts and scholars and Texas historians who dug deep for black music or just that region's history. Thought to be a slave, many didn't know of the life of Elijah Cox. Many also don't know that there were a multitude of African-American musicians like Elijah who were the folklorists and ethnographers of the day. These African-American musicians took on the role to preserve and pass down traditional songs, stories, dances, and other traditional forms of expressions that were prevalent in the black community. They taught children, family, and other adults songs of old and made sure that our ancestral oral story and history remained for generations. As we see, and we'll continue to find out, Elijah Cox did just that. Elijah himself shares, and I quote, during slavery days, my father and mother were slaves in old Mississippi, near the little town of Hernanda. Their master's name was Cox, and it was from him they took their name. My father was Jim Cox, and my mother was Kizzy Cox, end quote.
grabbing. No, my tongue, I'm a new bird grabbing. No, my tongue, I'm a new bird grabbing. Well, by and by, I'm gonna marry. By and by, I'm gonna marry. Lord, Lord, tell no you to carry. Lord, tell no you to carry. Elijah's parents escaped slavery with their children. They took a route in the woods somewhat 20 miles below Memphis, Tennessee, making their way to Quebec, Canada, just across from Detroit. Later, they would return to America, settling in the free state of Michigan, where Elijah was born. So this means Elijah was born a free African-American. His parents stayed in Michigan until their deaths in 1871. It's been documented that Elijah shares stories of his parents' bondage, as well as gives examples of how the owner of his parents or other slaves would grease the mouths of African Americans heading to the auction block with fat of bacon so the new owner would think that they have been well-fed. A gruesome depiction of the domestic slave industry. Elijah's knowledge of this history may be evidence to why he felt the need to preserve, present, and perform songs of old. Songs of slavery. The year Jim and Lizzie, Elijah's parents, escaped the barbaric life of slavery and fled to Quebec, isn't readily revealed. However, if Elijah was born in 1842, upon his parents' return to America, we can safely say his parents left around or somewhere before the 1830s. During this particular time, a lot was happening in America. The Liberator, funded by James Fortin and ran by William Lloyd Garrison, began around this same time. By the time The Liberator was first published, there were 25 anti-slavery societies in Tennessee alone, with membership of about 1,000. Many of these anti-slavery organizations and societies were started by Quakers and Black Americans who began their works in Philadelphia. They would then take that system of how to combat slavery along with one of their most powerful weapons, the Underground Railroad, with them to Tennessee. Which would make sense to why many escaped slaves took the route near Tennessee to find their way to Quebec and other free regions. Uh, this uh, song, these two songs were sung by Elisha Cox at San Angelo, Texas, October the 28th, 1935, for the use and benefit of the Library of Congress in Washington. Elisha Cox is a colored man, 93 years old, and doesn't take a special pride in his fiddling, but he can still sing. <laughs> Born free, Elijah grew to become a military man. He entered the military service during the Civil War 
where he served as a personal aide to Captain George Madison of the 6th Illinois Cavalry. After the war, Cox returned to Michigan, took up trades of carpentry, and became a sailor, yet decided to rejoin the Army. On July 1st, 1870, Cox was assigned to Company B, 25th Infantry. This unit of black men unflinchingly served on the Texas frontier. It was in 1866, Congress established the 9th, 10th, 24th, and 25th U.S. Cavalry Regiments for enlisted black people in the Army. Over time, troops from each of these regiments served at Fort Concho, later gaining the nickname of Buffalo Soldiers. Rumors are the name was given to them by the Indian tribes because of their dark, thick, curly hair, which resembled buffalo hair. There is an entire history that goes into the proper context of the Buffalo Soldiers from the Seminole Wars and so on. However, it was this experience that the born and raised free Elijah would live amongst and learn from ex-slaves who were now military men stationed with him. With his son Ben, Elijah, a fiddler, would soon play for all the dances at the fort. Elijah Cox spent a year with this unit and was wounded during an engagement with Apache Indians between Fort Davis and Fort Quitman. Because of his injuries, the Army gave him an honorable discharge on June 30th, 1871 at Fort Bliss. It was during this time in 1871 with Elijah's association with ex-slaves he learned the song often sung by them called Slavery Days. He wished to sing it as a homage because it was a favorite song of the ex-slaves, who at the time of Elijah were Buffalo soldiers and war veterans. Baby 
Elijah retired and settled in San Angelo, Texas. Fort Concho furnished him with a broad knowledge of slavery days and the songs which he continued to play throughout his life. Elijah Cox would be considered a songster, playing fiddle, guitar, and I'd imagine a few other instruments. He, like many other African-American traditional music practitioners of the early day, bridged the generational gap and passed down the songs, stories, and traditions of old. Elijah Cox died on January 20th, 1941, in Tom Green County. He's buried in Fairmont Cemetery in San Angelo, Tom Green County, Texas. He was a musician, a vocalist, a folklorist, and an ethnomusicologist. I'd like to say he was an African-American folklorist. Uh, this song was sung by Elisha Cox, a colored man living in San Angelo, Texas, on October the 35th, 1935, February the 28th, 1935. Uh, Elijah Cox is 93 years old and is an ex-soldier of the United States Army. He sings this song for the use and benefit of the Library of Congress in Washington in the District of Columbia. <laughs> 